if there were any doubts uh, a month ago, a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever, those have to be gone now after defeating both of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference uh, last week and now defeating the top team in the Western Conference this week. There is no doubt that Orange County is the best team right now, no doubt, in the league. And it's a perfect time to do so because we're hitting down to the home stretch. Maybe they can make this happen. A repeat of the championship year in 2021. Let's get this thing started. We're excited to talk about this. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Let's find out who's helping me out for this episode first. Mr. Brad in Vegas. We're going to be seeing you soon, Brad. Um, how are you feeling, Brad? How, I, I would assume you're excited. Yeah, no, this past week, you know, this whole last month kind of proved a lot of people wrong, including myself, who thought that we were just going to you know, we were just going to continue to fall off a little. Nope, we didn't fall off at all. We did not. Seven victories in a row. Larry, you got to be stoked, you know, when you've been at these matches. You've been watching this um, either live at the stadium, um, on the streams on ESPN Plus or on Bally Sports. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, honestly, I could not be any happier right now than I am. This team looks fantastic week in, week out. They are showing no drop off in performance over the last two and a half months. They are actually getting better as every week goes by. I've said it a whole bunch of times. Scary good. USL Championship, be terrified. Be terrified indeed. Um, especially as Larry keeps making those predictions, um, if that's really a factor. There's multiple things. I, I'll tell you what I've been doing to try and keep this streak alive. We've got one other person helping us out in this episode, and that's Mikey. Mikey, how are we doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think you could tell. I, I think we've explained how we're doing right now, how excited we are with this Orange County Club. By all means, I, I, I got to say this, and I'm going to brag right now. I'm the only one that had the confidence to say – Orange County was going to sweep the month of August. We did those sort of predictions after the San Diego victory. Um, I know some of my uh, podcast co-hosts were thinking maybe a win or two, but we're not confident in three victories. And let me just say this, three confident, amazing, decisive victories, right, Mikey? Oh, hell yeah, definitely. Uh, so, oh, go, go, Galeri. I was going to say, I, I would like to point out, Ray, that I did not predict 12 points, but I did predict we would not lose a game. I said I couldn't see us losing a game. I didn't think we were going to lose a game. I didn't think that we were going to win all four. I'd like to thank Orange County Soccer Club and all those boys out there for proving me so wrong. Thank you, guys. 
Um, so let's get down to the breakdown of this. And the way Orange County uh, swept the month of August was a road victory at Sacramento. Sacramento was doing what Orange County did just about a month ago or, or so, or a month and a half ago, um, two months ago, whenever it was. I can't remember at this point. I'm just sort of out of touch with the, the dates. But Orange County recently did their 10-year anniversary or 10-year Irvine celebration. Well, Sacramento decided to do it while we're coming to town. Uh, and we got to spoil the party a 2-0 victory in Sacramento. Uh, let me ask you all this really quick, and then we'll get into the breakdown. When you saw the line, we all sort of knew that Milanoloski was going to be missing in action for this match, but I think everyone was shocked when we saw the Twitter post from the club on the starting lineup, and we're looking at the goalkeeper, and there's no Colin Shuttler. How nervous were you going into this match when you find out 30 minutes before kickoff that Shuttler's out? I'll go to you first, Brad. I mean, it definitely changed the dynamic a lot. Uh, we were all commending Shuttler and how the game's kind of been played. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, we asked Shuttler himself, hey, what happens, you know, like, like, is this your favorite line? He said, no, but he's confident in whoever's in front of him to step up. Well, we saw the opposite this week. We saw that he's confident in everybody or everybody else is confident in who's in goal, no matter who it is. What about you, Larry? Were you, how, how nervous were you when you saw that lineup? <laughs> I, I don't know that I want to use the word nervous so much as I maybe resigned myself to eh, the night wasn't going to go like I hoped it would. Um, and, you know, I was thinking if when I saw no Milan, you know, I already figured that out ahead of time. When I saw no uh, no shutout Shuttler in the uh, in the 11, I just kind of went, boy, you know, if we can squeak out of this with a draw take the point happily we'll take the one point playing in front of 23,000 people a very very hostile crowd um yeah so I, I I wasn't confident in getting three points Mikey what were your what was your nerve level at when you saw no Shuttler behind the net obviously no Milanoloski up top to score how nervous were you in this game I was pretty nervous it did make me sweat uh 30 minutes before the game I had a little eyebrow sweat I was like oh my gosh but you know what he put on a performance that shut everybody up. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, props to the youngster for stepping in. We learned in the broadcast that the the Sacramento broadcast team mentioned, I guess it was a, a concussion for Shuttler late in the training this week. Uh, so that's why he wasn't able to make the trip to Sacramento or at least participate in the match. Um, props to the youngster, 18 years old, coming up. Uh, in a big, important match for your team against the top team in the West, and you come out and let's let's say this. Obviously, the defense helped him out quite a bit. They were really solid, but he still had to make a couple really, really quality saves. We just saw one on the replay. If you're watching the live video right now, um, props to you, young man. Uh, we uh, I reached out to his former club, uh, West Coast FC, to see if any of their coaches want to come on and just share if that you know if they saw this in him, this type of performance in him. Unfortunately, we weren't able to coordinate that, but maybe we'll get them on um, in a future episode because we like to sort of support some of the local soccer. Um, this match, uh, 7.30 kickoff, but a sort of delayed to almost 8 o'clock because of the whole historic uh, stuff. Uh, I believe there was a helicopter dropping soccer balls onto the pitch. By the way, way uh, a, a great use of money from the California Highway Patrol on that. Um, we saw... Uh, some sort of documentary looking thing where they only had like two of their players talking about the history of this team, which is uh, 
interesting delay for this match. I, I know we were debating in the uh, Canline Coalition chats on Discord if this was anticipated or if this is sort of a delayed, you know, thing that no one knew was going to happen. I'm trying to figure it out still. Um, do you think that rattled Orange County in, for the first? Maybe they weren't prepared to start so late. I'll go to you first, Brad. Uh, well, it looks like Orange County was prepared for it. Uh, Sacramento games traditionally, especially over the last couple of years, have started closer to eight because of uh, just that's how they roll. Um, they do a lot of APM starts. The fact that this was scheduled for 730 was a little odd that it started closer to eight. Um, but you you could tell they weren't rattled at all. Uh, they were ready. They had a plan and they were executed it quite well. So basically typical Sacramento, they like to celebrate their 10 year anniversary after nine years. Apparently that's what it seemed like. If you do the math, when they were showing the, the, the years and stuff like that, that didn't make sense to me, Larry, um, what were your thoughts when you first saw orange County come onto the pitch? What, what are your thoughts on their first half performance out there? And you're muted Larry, by the way, uh, I, I did a Brad, I did a Brad, uh, the first few minutes of this game, everything seemed to be moving just really, really fast. Uh, smaller pitch, just 65 yards wide instead of 75 yards. Um, ball rolling on that turf, which I get. They mentioned something about it being a brand new turf. So everything seemed incredibly quick. Just the, in, I almost felt like Orange County was a little bit out of sorts, maybe the first 10 or so minutes. And then after that, they kind of, they, they pulled everything together. And um, I would just like to mention that it's 2000. 14 to 2023 by way of actual seasons as 10 years. Let's not sweat Sacramento too much. They're, uh, they're having a hell of a season and they're giving they're, they're, they're a pretty damn good team. And they just ran into a buzzsaw that is orange Sant County soccer club right now. But uh, yeah, th things looked a little bit sketchy the first few minutes, but once, uh, once our midfielders, once that trio of Casepoli, Partita and uh, uh, Kyle Scott started taking control, man, it was, it was just a matter of time before we were going to score and we scored, we scored twice. Uh, Mikey, which goal were you uh, more excited or impressed by uh, in this match? Thomas Mongs or uh, Seth? Uh, that's, that's for sure. The, the whole play from the back from Dylan powers from the past, perfect pass, beautiful pass from Dylan powers. And uh, it was just a great ball through and then perfect pass to Casipla and he just, for those that aren't watching the video stream of this, that was the celebration in the locker room from Orange County after the match. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you had any more you were adding there or if you were done. Who's in the stall? That's what I want to know. All you see is my hand sticking out. We'll have to ask Coach Carlson if he knows who that was uh, when he jumps on the show. Um, just kidding. That's probably not a question. That that If that's the questions we're asking Coach Carlson, then we are not doing our job properly there. Um let me uh, ask you all this. Uh, Orange County is definitely now uh, the hottest team in the league. Uh, top of the power rankings now probably for a, what, a third week or a fourth week in a row. I can't quite remember. And they've taken down Pittsburgh, Charleston, who were top in the East at the time we played them, and Sacramento, who is top of 
the West at the time we're playing them. And we took down Sacramento twice. That was before all this fun stuff started happening. And now in the middle of all this fun stuff, uh, where are you all? I mean, how are y'all feeling with the way this team is playing? Are we confident heading to the final stretch of the season and into the playoffs with the way they've played so far? Let me go to you, Brad. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to learn not to say negative things about how we're not going to come away with all the points in the future. If the, especially if the team plays like that, uh, this seven game stretch they've been on since that, uh, Rio Grande Valley game. It's just been absolutely magical, and you can't you can't have doubts about this team anymore. They're playing with a purpose. They're playing with heart, um, and they're playing the best game they can, no matter who's in the match. And it's the confidence is a big factor too, Larry. Uh, answer whatever question I ask, or <laughs> say whatever you want to say. I don't care. You I'm too really happy right now to remember. It, it was it was so much fun seeing that video. I and I can't remember who originally posted it on in Instagram, but that is when you see a team celebrating in the locker room like that. That is a team that is that is confident. That is uh, really having a good time with what they are doing. I kind of have a feeling that even if we lose a game somewhere in the not too distant future, with the way this team is playing. They're still going to walk in with in, in the locker room at the end of the 90 minutes with a little bit of swagger, you know, a little, little bit of confidence still. Um, this is a very, very dangerous team right now. I mean, you can't you, – you take away the number five goal scorer in the league, uh, the team's leading goal scorer. You take away the starting goalkeeper, and they still go out and they shut out the number one team in the league. I mean, you can't you can't say enough about that and how great this team is playing right now. Uh, Mikey, uh, let me go to you on this. Uh, if if I recall watching the match, there was uh, Kyle Scott seemed to be just sort of getting on everyone's nerves from Sacramento, um, especially Gurr, I think, was the one that was really, really frustrated with Kyle Scott. A lot of that match. Um, how fun is it to have someone like a Kyle Scott uh, on a team that you support? that sort of does these things to get under the skin of other players. And I know Kyle Partita, or sorry, uh, Kevin Partita is also part of that sort of, let's annoy the other players. Let's just, you know, mess with them, get in their heads. How awesome is it to have that type of player on your team? I know when it's the opponent's team, you don't like it. But when it's on your team, it's it's exciting, right? Hell yeah. A professional shithouser is the best. <laughs> there we go. That's there. Is that the official title for that that role on a, on a club. I didn't know that was the official. Oh, hell yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of those people that love the, the person that's going to do all the dirty things and not dirty things like, you know, cheat and stuff, but it's going to, you know, try and get under the skin. I know Rob Kiernan was someone for orange County in the past, um, the championship year that did that. Um, it's nice to have players that sort of thrive in that type of environment. Uh, and, um, and yeah, and Matt, I, I don't like seeing your comment up there. I'm not even gonna, uh, it's throwing me <laughs> off seeing that. Um, but yeah, and by the way, Orange County has the best academy in the world now. If you look at the way we're producing some youngsters in America, um, you know, I, I know there's the rumors of Ocean Dina. I don't know if there's been any official announcement. I know there's rumors from the European side, but I don't, I haven't seen anything from the club about him moving out um, to Europe. Um, and we all know things, you know, people like Kobe Henry has made the, have made the move, which is pretty awesome. Um, last thoughts on this match before we move on to talk about a little bit more stuff that we have to talk about, like an upcoming match against Vegas. 
Any last thoughts on the Sacramento match? Go, Larry. Uh, you know, um, this team needs to be incredibly proud of himself for not only a seven-game winning – the seven-game winning streak, great, fantastic, but the way they have turned it around because in a matter of, what, 15 weeks, I, I think since the last time we played Sacramento – the team is what 12 wins three losses two ties something incredible like that um they need to be very proud of their own intestinal fortitude to literally just clutch break do a 180 and say you know what we are better than this and we're going to show everybody we're better than this and they have shown everybody that they are better than that start forget about march april and the first week or two of may um, this is a absolutely fabulous team. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned it last week or not. I talked with Oliver Weiss after the game last week. Um, and I mentioned to him about after one of our early season losses, you could just see he was incredibly dejected. He, uh, he stood off to uh, the side after the game, and then he walked to the middle of the field and stood there. And then he walked to the far side of the field and just sat there while they were collecting chairs. And I, I mentioned to him about that after the game last week. And he said to me, he goes, I know this team was better than that back then, but just remember the job's not done. And as great as this team's been going right now, job's still not done. There is still eight weeks, eight games left to go in the season, and a lot of things can happen. We look fantastic right now, but we got to keep it up for eight more weeks and then with three, four more playoff games. Yeah, that's that's going to be the troubling part is can they sustain this level of play for another couple months as you head into the playoffs? That's that's a big ask for any club, whether it's a top of the league club, a bottom of the league club, making a, a late run to try and get into the playoffs. It's a tough thing to do in, in any sport um, yep. to do so. Um, to continue that run, they have an opponent coming up that could be you know it's it's that sort of match you might overlook because you think you're going to go into it and it might be an easy match but i think we all know vegas is never an easy road match whether it's because of weather or chippiness of the players or whatever it is the one benefit orange county will have going into this match is vegas has to make a trip down into new mexico um on wednesday and then come back home to host orange county on saturday uh I'm going to go to you first, Brad. I know you don't really watch Las Vegas lights, but you're from Vegas. Uh, a, is there any like knowledge of this team when you like are in Vegas? To, do they advertise much where they can try and get fans out there? Or is this sort of at a point now where it's just people know they go. If they don't, we don't care. I mean, the way I've always told people who've asked me, oh, wait, we have a soccer team in Vegas. And you mentioned word of mouth and – Yes, they have word of mouth, but everybody who goes to a game seems to have their mouth like sewed and shut. Um, nobody's really proud of this team. The players aren't proud right now. And it sucks because a lot of the guys I do know personally um, from other teams around the league, from Reno and other places, uh, everybody agrees, though. They've kind of got a lot of talent on that team. You have players that you know well, like Andrew Carlton. Uh and they can't get it put together, whether it be the coaching staff doesn't know what to do with the players or the players just don't work well together. Something's going wrong in that locker room. And, I mean, they were up against Phoenix this last uh, Saturday when they played. They were up twice and couldn't put the game away. Um, they allowed Phoenix to get back, and they allowed Phoenix to just 
win allowing a really nice bicycle kick along the way. Yeah, and it, 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 it's sort of disappointing because it's it's a really good like location for away fans to travel to Vegas, and for the Western Conference, there, it, it's sort of easy to get to for a lot of the Western Conference teams, which sort of mm-hmm. makes it uh, sad that the team can't figure out a way to be viable um, and you know really grow themselves. Uh, and that and that's sort of if you look at the difference, like look at where Orange County was like five years ago to where they are now. They've they've done a smart job of growing but not trying to be over the top and not trying to do too much too soon, which maybe is what Vegas sort of did. But I know Vegas always had the aspirations of MLS and sort of that thought process when they first started. Um, Larry, are you scared of Vegas heading into this match? Are you worried that Orange County is going to overlook them? <laughs> I am. Uh, it's going to be the craziest thing ever. I'm more worried about the Vegas game than I was about Sacramento, Pittsburgh, Charleston. Um, whenever you are the team that is unbelievably on form, the hottest team, the best team over the last three months in the USL championship, and you are going up against a team that is completely out of form, arguably the worst team in USL championship, that is a game where you have a hiccup and you have a brain fart and you end up going into the locker room at halftime down 2-0 going, what the hell just happened out there? and having to struggle and fight to come back. Um, Yes, this game makes me nervous. Do I have confidence in this team? Do I have confidence in uh, Coach K um, being able to make any adjustments that might need to be made? Uh, Yes, I do have a lot of confidence in that. But am I a little bit nervous going into this against a really, really poor side, Las Vegas? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt Elder said it up there. This is 100%. It's a trap game. Um, and you know, things could go bad real quick and we, the, the team could not allow themselves to fall into that category of complacency for this game. They need this three points to stay on track really quick before I get to you, Mikey, I, I got to ask Claire, are we legally allowed to use coach K? Isn't that sort of taken by a former, f- uh, college basketball legend, uh, coach? The most legendary basketball coach in the history of all basketball. I don't care what level, but you know what? Um, it was just quicker to say. Okay, perfect. Mikey, um, what are your thoughts about this Vegas match? A, are you heading out to Vegas for the match? And B, um, what are your thoughts? I, I know we asked you this offline, but I'm going to put you on the spotlight. You got to let us know. Are you going to be at the Vegas match, Mikey? Unfortunately, not this year. I wish. I wish. Gonna, uh, you're you're going to be playing the bongo either. drums, right, instead? Yes, I'll be. Uh, I have a show on Sunday at the Viper Room, and I can't make it out to Vegas. I won't have enough time to come back. But uh, we'll, rep- we'll represent for you. I promise. I'll be there. I know Brad will be there. I don't know about Larry, but I know we'll yeah. have uh, a few people there. We'll re- we'll rep for you, Mikey. Right on. Hell yeah. Your thoughts and, on Vegas? Uh, um, I'm not too concerned. Um, Vegas does have a game in the middle of the week, and they got to come back home and play another game with like within the next couple days. Um, so they might be tired. Orange County's had plenty of rest, um, but then again, a road game in Vegas is always hard, difficult. The heat is draining. So I hope they pull off a win. Not a not a big win, but maybe a one one nil for sure. Well, at least the team has had experience in sort of a hot um, environment, you know, in, right before the seven-game run, the loss in RGV. I think it was pretty darn hot there. Um, and again, I feel like they were robbed in the match. We should have at least 
um, how to drive if uh, the call is made against Shuttler, but it isn't. Um, but we're going to bring in our, our guests here to find out um, if the club is ready for this matchup against Vegas. Um, and that's uh, Orange County Soccer Club coach uh, Morton Carlson. First, coach, welcome to our show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Actually, very good. Good weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, an amazing weekend. We were stoked for that result. Um, and we actually played a little clip of the locker room celebration earlier on in this episode. And it looks like the team is gelling really well. It looks like you are, are have a lot of confidence. How has it been over this seven match run? Or even if you go back 10 matches, really, like I said, RGV is the one hiccup. How is the, how is this confidence built in the team? How have you seen that from your players? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, as you say, it's a group uh, gelling together. Uh, it's a bunch of crazy guys, all of them. So uh, they complement each other good on that. Um, uh, and over the, the period of time, it's been, um, it's been a group that needed to uh, get some confidence and also uh, some structure. But uh, I think we've, uh, we've come a long way from uh, Looking back at some of the the first game I was in charge, and then up until now, it's uh, it's uh, it's looking like a group that's there's a lot of cohesion and good understanding and willingness to uh, yeah to go higher. Yeah, and you brought back sort of like where you've gone from where you started as you took over the reins of the club to where you are now. We actually spoke to one of your players, Ashish Chada, uh, right after that San Diego match, and we sort of asked him the question. Uh, where does he realistically see this club two months down the road here? I'm going to play the clip of what his answer was for that really quick. Yeah, definitely. You know, being a playoff spot, uh, I believe it's top eight and I'll hopefully we're, we're top four out of the top eight. Now he was pretty spot on there. If you look at it, it took maybe a little bit longer than two months. Um, what did he see at that time? Again, this is right after you took over the reins uh, as the manager. What did he see and what did you see? What did the staff see in this team that that, that confidence to show that, yeah, we could be a playoff team. We could be top four um, in a couple months. No, I um, I remember saying it when I took over. That was the clear goal at the, to, to get into the playoff uh, as a first step um, because I could – I have I, I used to say that I have two eyes. I can see it's a good group of players, one, uh, and I can see the teams that we're competing against. It's it's also good teams, but it's teams we can beat, um, all of them, uh, and and I think we've shown that also over the last period of time. So uh, just um, yeah, my my uh, my whole feeling taken over was that we needed to go in the playoff, and I have an, a genuine feeling that we can uh, we can beat any team in the league. I'm going to hand it All off right, to well, my co-host, Brad. Go for it, Brad. Yeah. Morton, thanks for joining us again. Um, you know, I don't want to throw the prior gaffer under the bus, but uh, what what have you done kind of to implement changes behind the scenes uh, just based on your time in charge that are different from uh, what Tableau has done? Um, yeah, um, me neither. I don't want to uh, put a, or throw him under the bus. Uh, Richard, I think he's done a lot, uh, very, very much, a lot of good stuff for the club, uh, both as a player, uh, as a coach, and as a uh, last but not least as a human. So um, I, I think I, I was very clear taking over that we needed a squad that 
needed to raise their fitness levels um, as well as um, maybe give them a little bit uh, less options, a little bit more set structures in in how we want to play. And uh, I believe that limitations in, in possibilities also uh, creates more creativity, if it makes sense. So uh, uh, limit the options, uh, make it a more, yeah, you could say with working within a, a, a set structure and then from there the players can kind of grow within that. So, yeah. Awesome. And I got one more question for you. Uh, back when I was in town and visited for the uh, Monterey Bay game, the 10-year anniversary game, I asked you um, – what what you do to prepare for games and uh that was i think a statement game that started a long streak of games that we've just looked amazing in but how do you prepare for games and in the usl do the teams live up to the tape that you've been watching uh yeah it's uh, how i prepare is uh, usually watching uh i watch a lot of our games and analyze that i think that's the primary thing uh, to develop our team first and foremost uh, and then, of course, I watch uh, both a report that's being done, and then I watch a, try to watch a couple of games of uh, of each opponent. Uh, I follow the league as well uh, when there's games on on ESPN. So uh, um, I try to see as much as possible, also to learn about the league, uh, the different styles uh, in the league. Um, and I would say. Um, um, I was maybe surprised. One of the games I was surprised with, uh, you know, you don't really have a sense of the East uh, versus the West. Uh, top teams of the of the East, uh, like Pittsburgh, uh, kind of surprised me a little bit. It's, don't get me wrong, it's a very good team, but I could see that there was a potential for us to win that game uh, also. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and pass over to my next guy. Hey, Coach Larry, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. Hey, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, congratulations. Let me just say, first of all, you have had one hell of a year uh, <laughs> being part of the Danish national team, um, te the technical side of it. Is that correct? Yes. Um, congratulations on that. So I'd like to ask you, what is more exciting, walking into a stadium in Qatar wearing your country's crest on your chest or you know with 60,000 fans or walking into championship stadium what, what which one's more exciting to you uh, I, th I think you can find beauty in all uh, I'm definitely enjoying uh, the USL as well I see it as a as a very good experience and uh, for a Danish guy it's uh, one of the biggest experiences is maybe the travel distances and uh the different climate uh, all over the country, you know, uh, altitude, heat, etc. So that's definitely something I uh, I prepared for, uh, and I don't think I could have. Um, I must say I didn't wear the badge at, at the World Cup. I was uh, I was in the background technical staff, you could say, but um, it was a great experience also in Qatar to uh, to to see people uh, enjoy and celebrate football on, on the highest possible stage. So uh, that was of course also a big honor to be part of that. So. Um, but I'm also uh, really, really, really enjoy uh, being here in in Orange County and, and learn both the club and and also the the league a lot better. So yeah. So there there's a number of questions in uh, in the chat from uh, some from some of the fans watching. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just run through and throw a few of them at you. Some of them are more technical. One of them's just a lot of fun actually. Um, 
Will the team's bus stop in America's Danish village of Solvang on the way to the Monterey game for the last game of the season? Um, I'll try to I'll try to see if I can make that happen. Uh, we'll, we've had uh, you know Danish Danish players at the moment are not that popular in uh, in Orange County. Uh, we had two, two of them let go to uh, back to Denmark. Uh, so uh, um, I'll probably make an attempt to to see what the fuss is about about Solvang. Uh, <laughs> try to make it happen. Uh, about 30 years ago, I spent a week in uh, in Viborg, Denmark. So I know how beautiful the country is. So, you know, I, I can understand wanting to go back there. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, uh, Matt Elder, he is uh, one of the County Line Coalition uh, original members. He makes a lot of noise up in the stands. He wanted to know, did you make the change to more of a possession style based on the players that we have? Or is that something that you prefer to play? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh uh, my style is um, is is a possession style uh, kind of football that I want to play. Uh, I've also learned over the years that uh, you have to also play the players that you that you have in your squad, uh, and I definitely feel that we have players that can uh, play a possession style based. Uh, sorry, possession style. Um, so it's a mix of identifying what we have. Uh, how fast can you go with the with the things that you know is in this crazy head, uh, and and at the same time get results, and and also beneath that get players that develop. So um, uh, it was it's a combination, uh, but um, it's it's getting along to where we have a little bit more possession. Okay. And uh, Keith Jenks, he would like to know. Uh, he said, ever since you've taken over, there seems to be a real identity to this squad. How did you build that kind of culture and chemistry between the players? Um, first of all, the players to begin with, when I got here uh, as an assistant coach in, uh, in February, uh, you could feel like the connection between, between the players. Uh, they really care for each other. It's a good group of players, uh, good chemistry. Um, and I you know, my style is not so much to be the boss uh, kind of style. It's it's to create an environment where, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if you heard about psychological safety, that it's okay to uh, to make a couple of mistakes, but also uh, push the players. Um, yeah, and then kind of push the right buttons once, one here, one there, and then within that structure, all the players maybe take a little step up and then we add it all together and then we have a really strong team. So, um, um, yeah, it's probably the best answer. All right. And do you tend to focus more on playing to our strengths or do you focus um, a lot on the potential weaknesses of the opposition? Uh, a lot to our strength uh, because uh, we, uh, we spend so much time uh, training. Uh, and uh, if we had more focus on the opposition, then we would potentially train something new every week. Uh, and then it's hard to create a, a self-identity. So uh, I would say 85% is on us and then the small details on the on the opponent. Gotcha. Uh, I am going to go ahead and step away. I'm going to let Mikey ask a couple of questions. Again, Coach, thank you so much for being here with us and congratulations. The team looks great and we're loving what we're seeing as fans. Thank you so much. Hello, Coach. Hello. I want to say... Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm from the Carolina Coalition. No questions. 
Uh, we're just really freaking happy. We're stoked. We're excited. Uh, we stand behind you. We have your back. We're so excited that you're here. You're showing winning ways, and we love it. Keep doing what you're doing. I love the uh, the pep you put in the step and all the players. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to say, I want to use this opportunity also to say uh, thank you to you guys, uh, to, to the fans supporting the team. It's uh, I can tell you that uh, I use it in my speech uh, before games. Uh, we have an amazing crowd and uh, fantastic fans that really support this team and go and go and use the energy and the love from the fans and then uh, give them something back from all the support and that's uh, uh, fighting for Orange County and, and, and give, a, give all of you uh, one hell of a performance and, and some wins. So thank you. Thank you. Um, really quick, I want to ask you, because there was a question that came up on the chats also. Um, obviously, I think a lot of fans were sort of shocked when they saw the starting lineup this past weekend against Sacramento. I think a lot of us knew that Milan was going to be serving, I believe, a yellow card suspension. But uh, none of us expected to see uh, a young 18-year-old uh, between the posts uh, starting against the top team in the Western Conference. What did you do to, to sort of instill some confidence into him, uh, into Santana heading into that match? Yeah, I would actually give the credit to our goalkeeper coach, uh, Vic, uh, who's really, really close and worked well with uh, with Juan. Uh, so he was the main guy to to prepare uh, Juan for that game. Uh, how confident were, was I? Uh, he's been um, he's been growing and growing and growing in in training uh, and uh, takes care of his practice and, and, and wants to get better. So uh, I feel confident that we would have... Uh, uh enthusiastic young kid uh, trying to do his best so um i was happy to see that he had a uh, one hell of a game so uh, that's that's promising for the future as well yeah it's it, it's one of the things we were talking about is the development with this team with some of the young players has been really amazing over the last uh, few seasons we got players like Bryce Jameson um uh Ocean Dina has looked amazing for the club this season uh, a great debut from a goalkeeper that's 18 years old so the the future is bright for a lot of these young players um so thank you for the the help that you've provided in developing some of these players as well that's going to do it for like the more, you know, the serious questions. We also like to always ask a couple fun questions just so our fans can get to know uh, the, the players and the staff with Orange County. Um, one of those players we've been asking a lot this season, uh, it has to do with the control of the music in the locker room. Obviously, it's the players that tend to control the, what gets played in the locker room and all that. Um, have you gotten have you heard any of this, the stuff that the players have chosen to play in the locker room? Do you get to listen to some of that music? Oh, yes, I do. Uh Sometimes I enjoy it, I must say, but uh, at other times I'm I'm hurrying out of the locker room because the, the, it's just too bad. So, 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 uh, <laughs> in all fun, I think we already had the name there. I was going to ask you, what's the player that makes you run out of the room? I think you said Seth. Yeah, Seth. No, yeah, he has some. Uh, he has some good hits once in a while, and then, uh, yeah, other times. I will say. Too. I will say, if you haven't listened to the show much, there's been that name's been dropped the most when it comes to the worst taste in music. So, um, who who whose uh, music do you like the most, or or what players do you enjoy the music they're choosing? Sorry, can I get that again? Which, which uh, players are have the the best taste in music that no, that no, you like to listen to it? You know, Seth is very uh, very uh, enthusiastic and always takes charge of the of the of the speaker so it's always his iphone there's not many uh, players that are allowed to uh, to play on that one i believe 
I'm not sure about the rules that they have. He he he's in control of that that yes. aux cable. Um, and then just at, what's your personal taste in music? Like if you opened up your your Apple Music or whatever you use to listen to music, if, and you hit play right now without even looking up, like it's just what's playing right now on your your phone. What song or what band would would more more than likely be the one that you would hear? Oh, I have such a wide taste, all from uh, Chris Stapleton to Imagine Dragons to Guns N' Roses. Uh, it's all over the plate, but uh, the favorite right now is only with uh, Imagine Dragons. Imagine, yeah, but yeah. Imagine Dragons is is a pretty good choice. They 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 sneakily have a lot of great hits that sort of just stick in your head like that. Um, Brad, go ahead and ask what uh, we have. One of our hosts, Dylan's not here, so Brad is filling in for him for this next question. <laughs> Yeah, so Dylan came up with this question. I believe every single player uh, has given varying degrees. Um, and that question is, what is your favorite vegetable and how do you prepare it? Yeah, of course, it's Dylan that puts a question like that. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to avoid ve- vegetables, actually. Uh, Yay, my kind of guy. <laughs> but if I had to choose one, I was thinking about it when I read the email, and it must be, I think, broccoli. I think you put it in uh, warm water or something, probably. I don't think probably. Larry likes broccoli, it seems like. <laughs> I, I do not. Not even a little. <laughs> I can eat broccoli. <laughs> it's not my favorite. Um, one last question for you, and we'll let you go. Uh, is there like a local business that you found, uh, maybe a local you know, place where you can get some good Danish food? Or um, is there a, a local business that you've just loved uh, – going to and you can shout him uh give him a shout out right here on the show a shout out yeah so i was uh i was walking down newport beach and uh, i saw uh, a danish no i saw a danish sign said skull which means uh, cheers uh i actually never went there but um i, I was introduced to a red hole and uh, joe is at fashion island um so right now my favorite is uh, joey's for uh, for lunch they have a very good uh, sushi Awesome. Can't go, can't go wrong with some good sushi. I will tell you that. I love some good sushi. Um, so just want to, do you have a last message for the fans before we uh, send you off and you can start doing all your prep work this week for Vegas? Uh, yes, I, I can easily uh, say it again. Thank you, guys. Uh, it means a lot to us. Uh, sometimes we don't have like the opportunity to say uh, thank you, like one-to-one in person, but this is a great platform to say that. So uh Support means a lot. Uh, atmosphere means a lot. It drives the players uh, more than you know, probably. But uh, they're very keen to uh, to entertain you and uh, and give you uh, give you something back for the support. So uh, keep doing that. Know that you uh, do your, you are part of the of the team uh, team talks as well. So uh, thank you guys. Now, thank you, Coach Morton Carlson. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep the boys going, and let's let's have a nice strong run very eerily close to what happened a couple years back when uh, Orange County added a star to the crest. Hopefully we can keep that up and do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, that is coach for your Orange County Soccer Club, Coach Morton Carlson. Once thank again, you. thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, thank you, Mort. Thank you. Awesome. So oh, uh, There's so much Brad. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, an amazing coach there. I mean, obviously – not everyone that follows this team gets a chance to to speak to him or ask questions. Uh, and, and again, that's sort of why we like this platform. And he even mentioned this is a great way for him to be able to interact with fans. And that's why we like to 
ask you all to put some questions into the chat and, uh, you know, we'll try and share them if we're able to do so. Obviously, we can't get to every single question all the time, but we will always do our best to do that. And we appreciate that the club um, continues to send uh, players and coaching staff to our show so we can do that for y'all. Um, all right. We need to do our prediction where we are now. And we also got to make predictions for this Vegas match. Let's get the where we're at now with Brad. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now the consensus pretty much across the community is Orange County is not losing many games. Uh, I know that we're typically, you know, swayed towards wins in uh, terms of fans predicting. This week we had one person predict a loss, um, and the mass majority of people picking wins against the top team in the Western Conference. So this is like a, you know, this is a big deal across the board. Um, as for who people thought was going to start scoring goals um, with Milan Olaski out, that is, I think, the crazy thing here. Uh, a lot of people are all over the place. Among had the majority, but nobody had clear over 50% like it was when Milan was starting. Um, as for actual scores, uh, Taylor increased her point total slightly, but uh, people are starting to catch up a little bit. Kayvon is slowly getting back into the race of giving uh of giving us a little bit of our run for the money up the top for the uh, on-air team um so you know keep getting those predictions in everybody uh it's a lot of fun and i think we should have something as a little reward for those of you guys who had some good score predictions over the season uh just as a thank you from us so i'm thinking of some uh ideas all right um, yeah, we got to get to our, we got to make our predictions for this match. I would assume the one loss that was predicted would be Larry, correct? Larry did not get his prediction in this week, oh, but Larry. mentally, mentally, I predicted a two nil loss, which I will again predict a two nil loss because, well, we all know why. Don't need to say it out loud. Two nil Las Vegas. There we go. Um, yeah, Larry's, that's been your thing since we went on this run. I'll tell you, my thing as of late, I've been doing like, during the matches, I'm drinking uh, a pour of my Appleton Estate rum. And during the show, I'm drinking some of my uh, Lil Wayne rum that I have. Um, I don't know how I'm going to drink the uh, Appleton rum while I'm in Vegas, unless Vegas happens to sell it um, at the stadium. So I have to figure out what to do for that. Bring a flask. I got you. I, I got you. <laughs> I got you. And the reason why the team's been on a run right now, it's not the Appleton. It's not the zero two predictions. It is my man, DK Jenks, drinking a glass full of Malort before every game. Oh, yeah. And I will make sure that that gets continued this weekend uh, when I bring a bottle to the stadium uh, for that Ray to so enjoy well. instead of his Appleton. You got to you gotta let us know where to meet you at for that, Brad, because I know they did that on the bus down to San Diego, and I told my wife and my friends about it, and they actually were, like, actually excited to try what this thing that I described as rubbing alcohol. Um, and uh, unfortunately, since they weren't on the bus, they didn't get an opportunity for that. So if you bring some, Brad, definitely let me know where we can meet you at for that. We got to finish our predictions, then we can get into this random stuff. My prediction for this match. Pictures, Brad, pictures, or it didn't happen. I almost threw up on the bus after taking a shot at Malor. That's just nasty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, my prediction for this match, I'm going to go with a 4-0 victory for Orange County with the first goal scored by Morton Carlson. Um, Mikey. 
This is actually my first score prediction all season. So, I would say Orange County 1-0. Who's going to be the, the goal scorer? Mm, I get up to my man, uh, Kevin Partita, for sure. Brad, your prediction. All right. Um, so, like I said, even though uh, Larry predicts 0-2 and it's kind of the gambler's fallacy, I'm going to go with the same score I've been predicting this whole stretch, too. It's going to be 4-1 <laughs> Orange County. And I'm going to uh, say this week it's a Mong with the first goal. He bashes Larry for like, oh, the score has nothing to do with it. And then he goes and does his own score thing that he's been doing as of late. Hey, I, I'm hey, not, I'm not bad. just because just because I said superstitious picks are silly doesn't mean I'm going to abandon my superstitious pick. <laughs> uh, because I don't want yeah. this team to lose any games anytime soon. All right, let's get into this random thought time. Um, we'll go to Larry first for a random thought. What do you got, Larry? Uh, random thought. You guys are gonna have to bear with me for a second. Um, I'll, the last home game, I had a little conversation before the game with Brian Olosky, and Brian actually asked me, "Hey, how are those minutes looking in reference to the beard?" <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, "You know what, Brian? I said I'm sorry, but even if you and Milan play every single minute." of every single game the rest of the season, you're still going to come up about a hundred minutes short. And the guy seemed genuinely sad about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I got a late start this year. And I said, yeah, you did, Brian. But you know what? You've been putting in such great shifts and you're looking fantastic. I am going to make a deal right now with Mr. Brian Olosky. And it's right here. It's on air. Brian. When Orange County gets in the playoffs, if you score a goal in the playoffs, I will shave the beard. That's my new offer. Brian Olasky wow. scores a goal, I will shave my beard because I got love for this team and I got confidence in this team. And I think Brian, just to spite me, might just do something a little extra and bang one in the back of the net. Look at that. There's uh, Larry trying to motivate Brian Olasky to score a goal in the playoffs. Uh, make sure producer Annie, make sure we get a clip of that. So we have it on record and we can provide that at when Larry is denying that he ever said it um, in a couple of months. Random thought for you, Brad. All right. Uh, speaking of records, I'm going to show my weekly record. This isn't necessarily mine. It's the lovely girlfriends, but you know what? She just recently finished up her uh, tour Taylor Swift. So got to bring out the midnights. It's a nice little album even if her music is not my cup of tea. And uh, speaking of cup of teas, uh, DK Jenks, I know you're in the chat. If you want to bring me up a bottle or two of Malort so I can replenish my supplies up here, um, please, I will make sure you get paid for that. Well, you um, can't get it in I, Vegas? No, no. Uh, Malort is not for sale here at our Total Wines. The closest one is Huntington Beach, actually. Um, here's what, here's what I'll say. I, I hear Taylor puts on a good show and yeah, if, I mean, I could go get a bottle of rubbing alcohol, slap a Malort label in it and bring it to you, Brad, if you want. Um, it tastes about the same. yeah, but so it's funny you make you, I I've used that description, but I've never tasted rubbing alcohol. So I wouldn't be able to confirm if it does taste the same or not. Uh, Mikey, what is your random thought? Um, Michael Roscoe came into my restaurant today for like the fourth time. 
there we go. That was pretty sweet. Mikey, That's aren't you awesome. in a band that you could plug your band? Oh, yeah. Huh? Well, Shameless great plug. Assist. Do it. Great assist by our producer, Andy. Go for it, Mikey. Plug your band. Let people know if yeah. they're not making the trip out to Vegas, where they should go uh, instead. This Sunday at the Viper Room, I believe it's show starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, we'll be opening up for, I believe his name is Bobby Hustle. Our band's name is Capital Dub. You can find them on pretty much any platform on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, check us out. Uh, we play pretty good reggae music right at Huntington Beach. Uh, we got a show coming up this Wednesday, actually, a free show. Uh, at Sandbar in Huntington Beach. Show up if you guys don't have anything else to do. There we go. Um, and I got to ask, because producer Andy put in the chats, that Malort tastes like a shoe you pulled out of a beach fire pit. Um, so again, I got to ask our producer Andy, have you ever actually like taken a bite out of a shoe that you pulled out of a beach fire pit? I mean, that's how do we know that's what it tastes like? Um, my random thought, and I, I'm doing this on purpose because I know everyone on the show loves when I bring up these two different topics. Uh, my boys uh, team had a tournament this past weekend. They did only win one match. They lost two. One of them, they got robbed because of a bad call. But even after losing the two matches, we still had the least goals allowed um, out of all the teams in our group after the three matches. So we had a strong defense. Both of our games, we lost by one goal. And one of those was an own goal. Um, so we have a really great defense. The other thing is Tottenham's back. Tottenham style of football is back in the Premier League. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Big Ange has been amazing, and he's bringing the Tottenham style of football back to Tottenham. Brad, you wanted to say something. I was going to just fill in the blank and say uh, uh, you were going to gargle uh, some Big Ange and uh, you know make sure that we all know that Tottenham's back and that Tottenham this, Tottenham that. Uh, you, but it's not, you, it's, you didn't need it's to not have, about the record. These aren't it's random the thoughts. Record. You say the same two things every week. It's <laughs> not about the record. It's about the style of play is back. This is what Tottenham soccer, Tottenham football is, is fun attacking soccer. And my boys, they did great this weekend. Um, I want to thank everyone, including everyone that's been on the show, uh, which includes Larry, Brad, Mikey, also producer Andy for all the work behind the scenes and our guest tonight. Mr. Morton Carlson, the coach for Orange County Soccer Club, plus all of y'all that took part, uh, that participated in the chats during the live stream. Thank you for doing so. We appreciate it. Go check out our website, ocscpodcast.com. Um, Tyler or Taylor, Tyler, I'm, I'm blanking. Now. I drank too much of my rum. Um, our writing staff, they're <laughs> cracking up at me. Tyler, Nathan. thank you, Larry. Finally, someone saves me. Um, wrote up a, wrote up a, a, a great piece about you know the san diego loyal thing which we didn't talk about on the show um apologize or i feel bad for all the san diego loyal fans that are losing their team after the season um hell no so, so <laughs> yeah you gotta feel bad because mikey. hey that's one of the best road trips we can make mikey um so go check it out read it really quick it quite to uh, me too yeah brad's gone through it larry did you have a last comment uh no i i yeah i i said it uh online um uh, I talk a lot of smack at San Diego supporters uh, over the last few years. But when that news came out, my heart generally goes out to them because I know if this ever happened to Orange County Soccer Club, and we know the way MLS works, it could happen to anybody. Um, I would be devastated if that happened to our club. So I feel for those guys out down in San Diego. Um, Andy's the guy who I think may have coined the phrase a thousand or so times, rivals, not enemies. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we have a lot of friends that are involved with that team, including former co-hosts on the show, um, Alan Underwood, who was a big part of our show for a couple of years. And even when San Diego became a, a team, he still was on the show for a year and two years after that. So um, feel bad for the fans. Um, it's a great away experience. And I enjoyed our my, my trip down there with the, the fans this past weekend. Um, so sorry, delayed outro. But once again, thank you for listening. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are out.